You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty Show. I'll be your host this week, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. And with me as always, my two brilliant co-hosts. First up, we've got Ali. You can follow on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. Ali, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for that lovely introduction this evening. Um, yeah, doing really well. Thanks, Matt. Fantasy was uh, very good this week. DFS was pretty good as well. Um so you can't complain and we've had a, a handful of late trades go on on deadline day so we've got a lot to talk about tonight how are you doing matt are you recovered from from your london trip <laughs> i am mate yeah it was uh it was good to go for my second london game of the year and um, we're getting to see the jags against the uh, the broncos yeah it was a pretty good game to be honest for a london game so uh, yeah, I'll recover. Missed quite a lot of, uh, of red zone this week, sadly. So I'm relying on you two guys this week to to be the main source of, of information this week, as I uh, as I lag behind. But um, yeah, with that, we'll bring on his second coast because, as you said, we've got plenty to talk about tonight. So Kev, you can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. How are you doing? Get on the terrace. Good evening, boys. Um, I'm doing pretty good actually. Eagles won. Um, Dynasty leagues went as planned, pretty much. Um, just one game I lost where I could have done with winning. So cheers for that, Mags. But um, yeah, in a really good place. It's very busy time of year trade-wise, um, sort of fantasy-wise. It's been a mental day, but also real life as well. So I'm uh, looking forward to talking some of the real life trades and uh, looking forward to a great show as well. I've got some smashing names to discuss. Yeah, as I said, there's been plenty going off in. I know a lot of fantasy leagues that we're in together, there's been trades flying left, right and centre, but at the same time, the NFL, it's tends to be a bit like half football uh, deadline day, and there's been plenty of trades going through today. So before we, we kick off with the main part of the show, we, we've got to talk about some of these trades. So we'll kick things off with the, the first trade that, that we, we saw go through today. That was TJ Hawkinson going to the Vikings. So just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, on this trade and how it impacts his fantasy value. Ali, we'll, we'll start with you with this one. Yeah, so the Vikings obviously feel at six and one that they're pretty much all in. I can't blame them as well with how poor that that division's looking where with where the Packers are at the minute. Um, I think it's pretty decent for his his dynasty value to go to a team that they throw slightly more pass attempts per game. I think they're they're a better offense than the Detroit Lions, although the Lions are pl- putting up plenty of points themselves. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a decent trade for him. You got to think that long term, he's still. He's still very young. You've got Adam Phelan, who's not got many years left in him. Um, so yeah, he could he could really have a, a sizable role on this offense. Um, absolutely kills the the previous tight end that they've got there at the minute. That's although he he's been ruled out for for most of the the rest of the season now. But, but yeah, in terms of his value, I certainly like it. He gets a bit of a a bump in value. Um, not not too much for me, but um, but definitely definitely sizable. And I think in dynasty, I'd look to to capitalise off that and um, make a move maybe off him and capitalise on that bump in value. Ooh, cheeky. So you're selling Hawkinson. That's nice. Um, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I have to do it, lads. Irv Smith, what a joke he is. Um, <laughs> I've been hammering him for years and I played him in my DFS lineups this week and uh, against the Cardinals were terrible and he let me down. So unlucky, Irv. Such a sad day. Tough times, but um, Ockinson, I agree with you. He's come to a better, better situation, more high-powered offense. Um, obviously, you, you guys know I love feeling, but he hasn't met his expectations for me personally this season. I think he's looking slowly on his way out. So it's, it's going to be a great opportunity for Ockinson to really take hold of that number two spot in 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 a, a great offense. Um, so, do I think he can make the step up to be an elite tight end? No, but. I think if anything, it's a slight bump in his in his value. But also, um, I'm on Ras St. Brown uh, for the Lions gets even bigger target share. Be happy with Swift as well, um, and Jameson Williams when he whenever he comes back. But his his value just stayed the same, hasn't it? Despite his injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, but I think it's a slight bump for Hawkinson, maybe being a bit more of a red zone threat, like you said, Kev, with Phelan struggling a little bit this year. Um, you can take that that role and be something that the Vikings have needed. I think it's interesting now, obviously, a divisional trade. It's it's not often that we, we see trades like that in the NFL. So, 
Um, yeah, definitely uh, an interesting trade. And with that, another interesting trade, um, a team that's been struggling for, for weapons this year, and that's Chase Claypool going to, to the Bears. So, Kev, we'll, we'll stick with you. What's your feelings on, on this one, Chase Claypool going to the Bears? Is it a, a bump now in value for, for Chase, finally? God, it's tough, isn't it? I think he was never going to fulfil his promise uh, on the Steelers with the arrival of Pickens. So it's it's good that he's got out somewhere rather than sitting the rest of his rookie contract and fighting for scraps as a number three weapon. So um, can to be honest, I think he can be the alpha like in in that offense as early as this season. Uh, Moon is a nice complimentary guy. Claypool's got the the sort of size he's flashed it. it um, hey, that sounded good, didn't it? He's got the size and he flashed it, but um, <laughs> but yeah, he's. I think we, he's got a lot of potential. He's very raw. Justin Fields. We may talk about him in a little bit. I think it's uh, great news for him. He finally gets yeah. a decent weapon as well. So um, yeah, I'd be happy if I'm a Claypool owner. I wouldn't want to trade him away today. <laughs> I think you had to, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, for me, I think uh, the big winner is obviously Justin Fields, who um, I picked for to speak about on this show. So I'll talk about him in a little while. Um, George Pickens as well, the two receivers on the, the Steelers as well. Deontay Johnson, hopefully we talked about his struggles. Was it last week or the week before? So hopefully um, he can see some some more ta- or even more targets and some opportunities. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's fine for Claypool. Darnell Mooney, you two guys don't really like Darnell Mooney. He's, he's not really an alpha in... In our eyes, he's a good complimentary piece. Um, so, so yeah, Claypool could take over as that alpha as, as quickly as this season. Um, just will interesting to see if the Bears their their passing output goes up at all. Whether Fields is was not been passing because he's got some awful wide receivers, and now he's got a decent weapon to throw to as well. So, um, interesting to see how the offense plays going forward. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely a little bit of an uptick uptick for for Claypool. Yeah, I think it's one of those trades where in fantasy we've got quite a lot of players that seen a bump in value. Obviously, Claypool, as you're saying, and like we mentioned, the Pittsburgh players, um, Postman Park getting a little bit of a bump at the tight end, being that that reliable guy from the middle. Like you said, Deontay Johnson, um, George Pickens, both getting a little bump as well. Fields getting a, a new weapon. So in terms of fantasy, I think it's a, it's one of those great trades where he's going to a place where there's not too much in terms of competition for targets. Obviously, Darnell Mooney is probably the only guy that you'd say is getting maybe a slight. Um, down ticking in fantasy value but then at the same time he's, he's had a bit of a rough start to, to the year so um yeah a great one in terms of, of us and, and fantasy and with that there's another trade that went through this one's not gonna have too much of an effect in terms of fantasy for this year and um, that's obviously calvin ridley going to the jags um ali we'll, we'll stick with you watch feeling on this one as i say there's not too much in terms of implications for for this year but i think long term it's definitely interesting going to the jags and, and being a, a potential key part of their of their offense moving forward yeah, we know how, just how decent Calvin Ridley is when he's on the field. Absolutely fantastic wide receiver. Um, and yeah, I think it's certainly an uptick for their offense. They've they've got obviously Christian Kirk, who looks to be their their number one. But is he really an alpha type receiver? Well, he's he's doing absolutely fine with with the Jags right now, and it just gives them going forward. Maybe Trevor Lawrence next year gives them an, an extra extra decent weapon to to pass to. So. That offense could really take a step forward next year if he's if he's in shape. Um, I think he's actually t- tweeted or I saw that he's not very happy with the move, but um, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, certainly um, if you've traded for Ridley and when he's been he's been sitting on the the list where he can't play, he's obviously banned for this year. Then you're obviously happy about it. It's going to give a slight bump to him right now, um, and then certainly towards next season, his his value is going to rise. So. Um, yeah, if you got him now, you're probably happy with with the fresh start in in Jacksonville with a with a really decent quarterback. Um, so yeah, yeah. I wonder if he's unhappy. I wonder if there's uh, certain betting rules in Florida. I'm not too sure <laughs> myself. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think just pick it, picking it apart. Trevor Lawrence, it's great news for him. Um, if you if you're in any uh, any of Lawrence, you're happy that there's someone in the building as such that you know is there for next year you don't have to sort of second guess will they draft the wide receiver will they get one in free agency they've got him in the building ready to roll next season um kirk i don't like it for kirk i think a lot of uh, a lot of kirk's potential and promise was on volume and um yeah i think ridley he's a very talented receiver i think that's going to really into kirk um you're not going to see him sort of drop off the off a cliff but 
I will be tempering expectations a little bit on Kirk. Maybe I'm just a little bit worried because I do have quite a lot of them now, thanks to, to you boys and uh, being counter. <laughs> but um, Ridley, great move. He's, he's moving to a situation where he's got a QB, whereas in Atlanta, you don't know who it's going to be, Dick or Dom or whoever. Um, so, so yeah, you, you've got to be happy if you've got Ridley. If you've if you flukily traded for him today before the news reached cooling, <laughs> then um, you've got to be a happy boy tonight. Yeah, I definitely think it's a, a potential interesting move looking forward to, to next year when, as I say, with, with, with Christian Kirk and what he's done, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because, as you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Christian Kirk, so I'm not going to throw too much shade at him. I think getting him back in that slot, we know that the the guys out wide, Zay Jones and, and Marvin Jones, while they've, they've shown flashes, neither of those guys are up to, to the level of what Calvin Ridley to do, can do, so I think he's going to be a, a great addition on the outside for, for Trevor Lawrence. As you said, Kev, I think that's the, the key part of this, Trevor Lawrence getting a, a stud now on the outside as well as He's got his slot receiver. He's got Travis Etienne as well, who can be used in, in the receiving game. Um, I think if you're a Jags fan, you're, you're getting quite excited by this this young, mm-hmm. talented um, offense that they've got put together there in, in Jacksonville. So, yeah, really interesting trade that is going to have some some fantasy implications for sure looking forward to, to next season. And then finally, there was one more trade that just managed to sneak in before we started recording tonight, and that's Naeem Hines going over to the Buffalo Bills. So... Who should, should we go with? Kev, do you want to kick us off with this one? What's your feelings on, on this move? Who does it impact? Who does it does it help uh, Naeem Hines moving forward? Yeah, I appreciate you coming to me first on this uh, on this one, because uh, <laughs> big, big Hines fan, not really, but he's all right, I guess. Um, yeah, I think Buffalo, you, you don't want your running backs going there uh, for fantasy-wise, just just because it is a... It just seems to be a timeshare. Single tree is really good, but... Like last night he, or Sunday night, he, he started off the game. First try was on fire, and then they, they rarely used him. James Cook's there, used high draft capital on him. Uh, obviously, that must has gone now, but um, it, it's just a weird fit. Like mm-hmm. with, with Buffalo, you'd think they might go for some sort of power back rather than mm-hmm. another smaller receiving back. So he's, he's definitely got a type, hasn't he, Sean McDermott? Mm-hmm. Um, I think <laughs> on the other side, though. It, it creates a little bit of promise for a guy like Dion Jackson, who flashed a little bit as a pass catcher. I think that's uh, a sneaky one uh, to win uh, from the, the call side of things. Obviously, you've got to temper expectations with no QB, but um, that, that's the the cheeky one that uh, I'm getting excited for on this one. Yeah, it's got to be Dion Jackson is the is the is the winner out of this. Just yet, we're yet to see how. Naheem Hines is going to fit into this offense. I think the Bills have been looking for a running back for a while now. And um, yeah, they're settled on Hines. I'd be interested to see if they do do pass to Hines it and how it's going to affect Singletary, who I, I just really struggle to 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 know where to 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 project Singletary week to week, whether he's going to have an awesome game or whether he's hardly going to be used. So um yeah, this this just muddies it right now, but we'll have to wait a week or two for him to get um, integrated into that offense to see how it plays out. Uh, but yeah, slightly uptick on Jonathan Taylor as well. Um, he's certainly having his struggle. So to have that backfield and not have Hines in there now, um, maybe his usage is going to go even further up. Or um, yeah, Dion Jackson is is the winner. It'd be interesting if people have kept hold of him after he had them them games where he had a, a decent game where he was the only healthy back. Uh, then people dropped him. So. Um, I think it's going to be a race to the waiver wire, possibly for for Jackson. Yeah, like you said, Kev, I think uh, the Bills definitely got a type over there, and they was trying to get McKissick during the the off season as well. Obviously, that didn't materialize, but then Kane James cooking in the second round. Um, I think if if you selected him in in your rookie draft, you, you probably get a little concerned now that they've selected another another running back that can be used in in the receiving game. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting how it plays out. A guy that we know can play in the slot as well. So maybe does this. Impact McKenzie? Does he does he see some some um, opportunities in the slot moving forward? I mean, whatever the situation, you've got to be excited about a pass catcher that lands with the Bills with, with Josh Allen in that offense. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's a nice move for Naeem Hines. And as you both nailed, I think Deion Jackson's a, a big winner here. If he can get a role um, alongside Jonathan Taylor, then yeah, hopefully he managed to, to keep hold of him. Didn't didn't rush too quickly to to drop him back to to your waivers because yeah, I think he could potentially have a role moving forward but with that i think we've just about covered every trade that 
that went through all, all the big ones anyway that they've gone through in terms of fantasy today so with that we'll we'll crack on with the proper part of the show now the actual meat and juicy part of, of this week's Ooh. show we're going to be reviewing the, the obviously all the action that happened in in week eight of the nfl highlighting players that, that stood out to us and, and discussing a couple of trades and establishing a bit of uh, a bit of dynasty vibe so ali we'll come over to you and then we'll kick things off with the the player you want to talk about first Yes, yeah, certainly wheels up for this this quarterback, this young quarterback, um, who's now got himself a new wide receiver. We mentioned him earlier in the show. It's Justin Fields, uh, the the terrible Chicago Bears, um, but but he is he is the shining light on that offense right now. He's he's doing it pretty much all himself. Um, quarterback five on the week against a tough Dallas defense. He pretty much single handedly kept them in the game. Really quite impressive. Um, how he's come on the last few weeks and he's now up to quarterback 11 on the season so um, from where he started the first few weeks it was it was really quite shaky um, now up to quarterback 11 and quarterback two over the last four weeks so I know there's some bye weeks in there but there's only one quarterback Joe Burrow who scored more points in the last four weeks than than Justin Fields so um, you're incredibly happy where if you've taken him last year in last year's draft um, you had your, your struggles your concerns about him but now he really is flourishing in the offense and, and doing it with very little um, wide receiver help. He's averaging 21.71 points per game, which is really decent for, for someone that's that's really stepping up in that offense. And he is the definition of a Konami quarterback that we we strive for. So now the Radin Chase Claypool, I think what the, the Bears hierarchy saying is, well, we didn't draft you. We're going to give you a wide receiver now and just see you've got second half of the season to really show us what you can do, whether you can be our, our quarterback going forward for, for the next five, 10 years. So um, it'd re- be really interesting to see how it works out. Um, and, and yeah, just he's given you such a, a rushing floor in, in fantasy. So um, week three, he rushed for 47 yards and he's rushed. That's his lowest in the in the last five weeks. So um, he's given you such a safe floor, um, even with that severe lack of weapons in Chicago's. Darnell Mooney and a load of nobodies, really. Um, but for a team that averages less than 20 pass attempts per game, which is last in the NFL, it'll be really interesting to see whether that now goes up with Chase Claypool, whether they can use him in all different scenarios. Um, and just look at the upcoming schedule. If you do own Justin Fields, it's looking really good. It's a load of green. It's Miami, Detroit, and then Atlanta, who all rank in the bottom third defences in, in DVOA. So, yeah, if you've got him, he could really help you to compete this year and take you to a championship. Um, and yeah, he's, he's just keeping the, the the Bears in games right now. So is the the organisation is is the the confidence growing in in Justin Fields? Well, we'll see. But um, but yeah, for me now, um, I had my concerns with him, but he's he's now not far away from being caught back one of that twenty twenty one class if he if he carries on how he is. Yeah, he's not right good at tackling, is he? He's just down that um, defender and just uh, I'm done with it. But uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I've been really impressed with the last, uh, last four weeks uh, from what I've seen. Um, he's in a really tough situation. It gets a little bit better with Chase Claypool arriving. Um, but I'll tell you what it does remind me of, and don't get too carried away with this because I'm not getting carried away either, but it's like a really poor version of sort of a Jalen Hurts situation last year where mm-hmm. he's he's not passing a ton, he's, he's getting his fantasy points through rushing. Um, obviously, this year's Bears are nowhere near as good as last year's Eagles, who are also unbeaten this season. Um, <laughs> but it's just like a mini version where he's going to get to the end of the season, there's going to be question marks, will he keep his job, will they, will they draft someone, etc. And I think the fact that he's won three games already, which I think... Chicago have done well to win that many already. Um, I think he will get a shot next season, and that's when we'll really, really, really find out what he's made of. I think long term, there is still question marks from a job security point of view, but I've been really impressed with what he's done last three or four weeks, and I think he has secured a role into next season with the Bears. And if they can add a big weapon in the off season, then. Um, it's going to be even better for his um, his ceiling, I guess, in Dynasty. 
Yeah, I'll be honest. To start this season, I was I was really worried about Justin Fields. This is the start that he made to this year, and I've got him in a in a few fantasy um, fantasy rosters now. I was starting to hit the panic button a little bit, trying to look at ways of maybe trading him away. But as you said, these past few weeks, he's really turned it round for me, and, and I'm now seeing that. But we knew that he was upside there with Justin Fields with the the rushing ability that he's got, but. And we weren't really seeing it in terms of, of fantasy production to start the year, but as you say, these last few weeks and um, turn things around. And and yeah, like you said, Kev, a little bit like a, a mini version of, of Jalen Hurts. I think it's interesting, obviously, um, you mentioned Jalen Hurts now in that off season, this past off season, they went out and got somebody like AJ Brown. I believe the Bears have got easily the most cap space going into to this off season. So they've got that room to, to go out and grab a free agent, a couple of free agent stars to really help. Um, this offense, they've obviously made a couple of trades as well in terms of moving away defensive players. So are they looking at maybe addressing that offense, getting some some studs around Justin Fields, and then a little bit like Jalen Hurts, let's see what we've got in this quarterback, and then they can reassess it and um, moving on. But if, if he can do what Jalen Hurts did, I'm not expecting him to to get to the heights of Jalen Hurts. But yeah, I think you've got to be excited about the the long term potential for for Justin Fields, as I say, with that that opportunity of getting some some new weapons this off season and and really being able to give it a go. It's been tough as a, as I mentioned to start the year with these these poor weapons, but slowly but surely, um, even just adding Chase Claypool, it's crazy to think that I'm actually excited about Chase Claypool. But at least it's some kind of of weapon for for Fields. So yeah, I think long term, if you can get through this off season and and as I say, do we get some some weapons for him? Um, yeah, I think we could be really excited about, about Justin Fields in fantasy. So with that, got a few few trade suggestions for you guys, see what your your feelings are, where, you, where you're at with Fields at the moment. So I'm going to start off with a, a one. I'm going to put a, a caveat and say, let's pretend that you're, you're a rebuilding team because the, the guy I'm going to suggest is Trey Lance. So is it Justin Fields or Trey Lance straight up? I knew when I picked Justin Fields to talk about that you were going to throw in <laughs> Trey Lance as, a, as trade bait for me. Um I mentioned that he's Justin Fields is not far away from being a quarterback one of the, that 2021 class now, but it is because I still have Trey Lance just slightly ahead. Um, even with the injury, I think there's more more certainty of, of him coming back into that San Francisco 49ers offense next season. Um, I think he's in a much better position than Fields. Um, yeah, Fields is playing absolutely fantastic right now, and it's exciting for the future if they do go offense heavy. Um, in free agency next year and address it. Um, but I'll just go for Trey Lance just because we know the upside that he brings. Um, yeah, and just that, certainly that amazing offense he's going to have next year with with Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey now as well. Yeah, you're a naughty boy, Matt. Um, <laughs> a part of me wants to say Fields just because you've got a bit more flexibility, that uh, you've got more teams you could potentially trade to Justin Fields, like where's your, your Trey Lance? Um, it, it's only going to really appeal to rebuilding sides, but your question is about rebuilding sides. So, um, yeah, I think Lance, he, he does deserve to drop a little bit in rankings based on the injury, but um, I, I just stick with stick with Lance on on this one uh, with with the same rebuild. Oh, interesting. I thought I thought I might have got you one of you on to to feel to that, but. No, just need about finding Lance. So right, the second one. Let's see what you're going for this one. Then Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers and a 23 second. Mm, this is very close. Again, it's a great a great trade to put in here. Um, and again, even if a couple of weeks ago, I'm still going with Aaron Rodgers. But to be honest, I've just I've just had enough of him. I'm trying to get him off my <laughs> rosters right now. I'll go for Justin Fields. I'll take the upside of what Fields can bring and what he's already shown this year compared to what Aaron Rodgers is showing. And then just the upside of what they might do next year to to add to what Justin Fields has got. So I'll take that, even though it is it is really close. Yeah, this was tough for this Matt, but yeah. Um <laughs> But I'm gonna stick with Fields as well, actually. I just think we've seen glimpses. I'm I'm gonna sort of jump on the bandwagon a little bit. Uh, and like Ali said, Rogers like literally who who would buy Rogers right now? <laughs> Someone brave. Yeah, I mean, I'm just shocked that I managed to get Kev to go against a, a 23 pick here. I know it's it's not often, not often that we get that on on the fancy wildcard dynasty show. So yeah, love that I managed to do that. So the final one, this one, Kev, you, you might be more interested in Justin Fields and a 23 second or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, this is interesting because the fact that Lawrence has now got Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. as a, as a weapon for next season. Um, but I'm going to take the field side just for for what he's showing now for the growth that he's got. Uh, the opportunity on the Bears, um, and then to have that second on top, 
I think just puts the cherry on top for me and I'll, I'll take that side but um, I still really like Trevor Lawrence going forward so it is again it's another close one yeah, let's restore normality. I'll take the pick side, please. Um, even though with me and Ali have agreed in all three, I think it were really tight. So uh, you did a good job there, mate. Weren't, uh, they, weren't, they weren't shit quick questions. <laughs> Love to hear it, mate. It's, it's always good when you appreciate my uh, my trade suggestions. So with that, Kev, we're going to move on to you and, and the player that you want to talk about first. Yeah, this is a, a guy that really flashed this week. He scored 33.7 fantasy points, but he, he was still only running back four in the week, which just shows... <laughs> Some of the ceiling performance we had. It's uh, Tony Pollard of the of the Cowboys. Um, the guys that finished ahead of him this week, Kamara Henry and McCaffrey. I could have spoke about them easily, but I just feel this is a more interesting guy to speak about rather than someone that's sort of at peak age, peak value maybe on the on the downside. Um, so Pollard is he's up to running back seventeen on the year, which is really impressive when you factor in that he he's basically had fourteen touches max in all of his games apart from fifteen. In this one so he's doing a lot with with the little he's getting but thinking uh, of, of his profile overall day three running back contract year you've seen jerry jones uh, and uh mike mccarthy committed to zeke i know they said mick mccarthy committed to zeke <laughs> and uh it, it, it's it just blows your mind just come on just <laughs> hand over the the baton to, to tony Pard. he's doing fantastically well um he's going to be a split backfield this season if he stays in dallas it will be next season because he can go in anywhere with with that contract so it's just what happens with pollard in in 2023 that's the big question does he stay on the cowboys and you're hoping that he's a better version of a kareem hunt in a, in a split backfield or are you hoping that he does move to another team and uh, gets uh, a majority role in a split backfield or um, the league guy it's, it's going to be a tough one to work this out, but running back 90 and a cute trade cut, I think it's an interesting price. Um, just with the state of the landscape at running back. So I'm interested to see what you guys think as well. Yeah, I'll start by saying I wasn't I wasn't happy, to be honest, that Paul put these many, this many points up because in most of the leagues I do have him, I'm rebuilding. So I've got him in my lineups <laughs> and he's putting up all these huge points. Should have moved off him when I could, but... Um, I don't know, maybe holding him might have benefited him because, like you said, his value seems to have gone up a little bit more after after this past week. I think everybody in the finance community knew what Pollard could do. We've, we've seen it all this year. That he's the the explosive guy in this backfield, while Zeke's he's been all right. He's, he's managed to, to it does what Zeke does, I guess, doesn't he? He's that bruiser, whereas when Pollard comes on, he's just got that wow factor, I think. So it, it was great to him get the opportunity of having the lead role and, and putting up the fantasy points that he did. It's give us fantasy players hope in, in Pollard, if he does manage to to get a, a situation where he is the lead guy, we know the upside there with him. But like you mentioned, Kev, the fact that he's going to be a free agent, this is one of those running backs where I love the potential, but there's also you've got to worry about next year as well because we don't know the situation going to land in. Um, we always bang on about the 23 class as well. I think there's a lot of strong running backs coming out of this this 23 class as well. So that's even going to more add to to the confusion when it comes to, to running backs and, and landing spots this offseason. So um, while you mentioned he's running back 19 on keep trade cut, I think he's definitely getting to that, that ceiling now where I'm a little bit cautious on, on, on his value because, as I say, there's just just a lot of what-ifs, I think, as we head into to this offseason. But um, just in terms of play, I think Pollard's brilliant. It's been amazing that, that as I say, getting that opportunity and doing what he did, um, it's something we've all been been hoping for and um, hopefully it does continue. But I think he's got to get away from Dallas, but then at the same time, that, that 23 class could, could cause some confusion as well. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Pollard moving forward and, and his fantasy, his fantasy implication. Yeah, it's a bit like the Chicago backfield. It's Khalil Herbert we see on the field mm -hmm. clearly more explosive than yeah. the plod of Montgomery. I mean, we're just willing <laughs> that the Bears to give him more touch. And it's, it's exactly the same situation with Dallas. Um, it's, it's incredibly stressful being a Pollard owner, not knowing exactly when you can start him, just start him in the, in the good matchups. Um, but yeah, absolutely smashed it this week. He was in all of my DFS lineup, so... Big thanks to the old, old Tony, but um, but yeah, in in Dynasty, Matt, you've nailed it. I think RB nineteen is is getting towards this ceiling where I'm not happy to pay that price just because of the uncertainty of what's going to happen with his situation, and then the the draft class coming in is full of fantastic players, and we know how just how high they can they can grow in value like a Kenneth Walker right now. Some people are touting as 
the overall running back one in dynasty um so yeah i think i'd be i'd be holding off at that price but i'm certainly interested in keeping an eye on what happens next year because if he was the lead back on on a team that was explosive like like dallas if it or if it was this team then the lookout because he could rise into the to be an rb1 if he was a if he was a lead a lead back um but interestingly we're going to see what your guys values are on on tony pollard right now so i'll start with this one tony pollard or miles sanders I mean, I'm wearing an Eagles thing and you've put a Cowboys <laughs> player up. It's, it's obviously Miles Sanders, but um, it is really interesting because when you think about these two guys, I believe they came out in the same draft class, but mm. um, I always feel that Pollard's younger, but um, mm-hmm. but no, yeah, go, go Birds. <laughs> to be honest, I found this one really tough. Um, I know Kevin is going to be the homer that he is, stick with <laughs> with his guy in, in Miles Sanders, but do you know, I think I'm going to go Tony Pollard. I know I said this. His risks on on terms of him moving, but at the same time, Miles Sanders. We've heard rumours that the Eagles have been looking for for running backs. Um, I believe he's not. He, there's a potential free agent this offseason as well, near Miles Sanders. So, yeah. um, again, two players that have got different situations where they could be looking at different situations um, next offseason. So, I think I'm going to go with Tony, Tony Pollard. What he showed um, when he was that lead player um, is exciting. So, I'm going to take a chance on, on Tony Pollard. I think. Love it. Disagreement straight up. <laughs> we'll uh, go to trade to Tony Pollard or a 23 second and a 24 second. Yeah, I'll take the seconds on this one. Um, but, but you've got a couple of darts there. I don't think Pollard will ever be uh, your main guy. He's a, he's a filling sort of guy, a flex play. So uh, give me the picks and hopefully I can get lucky. Yeah, begrudgingly, I'm back with Kevin and agreeing with him. I think taking those those two picks, we're, we've seen it this, you see it every year, don't you? But I'm just thinking this year, someone like Damian Pierce, who you've been able to to grab in the second round, I believe this class is stronger in terms of, of all players. So I think that 23 seconds is going to be value, probably get you a, a strong running back and then get another dart, like Kev mentioned. So yeah, I think I'd, I'd take the two dart throws over Pollard. All right, let's see what we do with the last one. So Tony Pollard and a 23 first, or... Uh, the RB1 right now, Nick Chubb. No. Um, <laughs> I'll add on the pick, please. Uh, if it was someone different to Nick Chubb near the top, maybe an Austin Eckler, then um, you've got me thinking more. But uh, yeah, uh, not Chubb. Yeah, I think all, all three of us, to be honest, aren't we a bit lower than consensus on, on Nick Chubb? So I think with it being Nick Chubb, I think I'd rather take that 23 first. We, we mentioned it time after time, strength of that class, and then getting Tony Pollard. While I said there's, there's risk involved with him and where he lands, you never know. We could get that that miracle landing spot that, that we're all hoping for. So, yeah, give me that that pick and then Pollard as well and, and see what happens with him. So, yeah, nailed that one, got through Pollard. And, and we're going to go on to, to my selection now. And as I did say, I was obviously at the Jags-Broncos game. Didn't see much football. So, I thought, why complicate things? I'll, I'll kick things off nice and easy and select a player that, that really stood out to me in this game. And it's obviously Travis Etienne. I mean, the guy looked... Looks brilliant as I was watching him in, in the crowd. You guys probably saw it a lot more close and personal while watching it on, on Red Zones while I was miles back in, in the stands. But yeah, it, it was clear to see whenever. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe a little bit blurred for, for a few beers as well. But yeah, Travis Etienne, the guy stood out completely. Um, we know James Robinson's now gone with that. Travis Etienne's really taken over this backfield. 8% snap share that the last couple of weeks, obviously. Uh, Robinson was injured in, in week seven, didn't play too much. And then, as I said, this past week, they not been there. 80% snap share, averaging 10 rush attempts per game in the first seven weeks uh, while Robinson was there. And then this past week, 24 rushing attempts, obviously. Um, a lot of game situation there. Being in London, we know that, that when it comes to London games, it tends to be a lot of ground and pound, field goal kind of, kind of game. So you could say it was expected. But yeah, Travis Etienne stood out. Um, 25 fantasy points, finishes the RB7 on the week. He's now moved up to the RB19 overall. Um, and it was interesting to see when I went on keep trade cut to see where his value has got to. It's gone right up to RB6 now, which which I was a bit surprised about to when I seen him that high over guys like, um, like I've mentioned, Austin Eckler, players like that. So really interesting to see that everyone's getting super excited about, about Travis Etienne now. And as I say, it was just night and day, knowing that Jermichael Hasty was the other running back there. It was clear to see which one was ETN and which one was say. So even my drunken state, I could tell who was the, the main guy because, I mean, Travis ETN, so explosive, just just unreal, ripping off some some huge runs, whereas Jermichael Hasty just couldn't really get anything going. I mean, I was always surprised Travis ETN. Um, a first round pick by the, the, the Jags. 
Um, yeah, I'm just going to be honest. I'm so happy for Travis Etienne. Kev, I know you'll be absolutely <laughs> buzzing as well. I know you was you was high on Travis Etienne when he came into the NFL. It's great to see him back healthy. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely wheels up now for Travis Etienne, as I say, having that backfield to himself. Potentially exciting Jag offense. Give me, give me Travis Etienne, baby. Yeah, I don't really like talking about this guy since I made that terrible trade with him last <laughs> week. Um, it's not really worked out, but it's a good job I've still got a few shares of him because, yeah, he's absolutely on a tear right now. Just look at the stats. The last four weeks since he's been given sort of the keys to this offense, he's averaging 7.3 yards per carry. on That's on 58 Russian attempts. So he's absolutely dominating the, the defense's just an absolutely unreal efficiency. And as you mentioned, he's now up to 80% snap percentage. So it is his offense. There's no no real threat from Jermichael Hasty at all. Um, yeah, it's, it's wheels up for ETN. Um, wheels up for Kev's offense now that he's got ETN. Um, yeah. <laughs> Again, if someone now is up to RB6, he's going to be really difficult to trade for unless you're a Muppet like me. Um, but, but yeah, certainly if you've got him, um, yeah, it's fantastic time for him. Yeah, maybe RB6 is too low. We'll have to see, mm-hmm. won't we? Um, I, I mean, first of all, I'm not surprised it looked good with NBA goggles on that. Like, um, <laughs> But I assure you, it wasn't just you. Like, I was I was at home watching it, and he looked mightily fine. So um, no issues with that. It's just making me feel good that the fact that I had ETN over Najee Harris and sort of maybe a year ago, I was looking like a bit of a mug, but um it, it's good to see that uh that that was one one good take i've got actually um yeah it's just it's all falling his way at the moment with um, james robinson going and this offense looking good the news about ridley coming in has got to help him with more scoring opportunities as well so um really really pleased as an etn owner but that wouldn't stop me selling him if his price continues to rise into that top five mm-hmm. which i think it will actually because he's fantastic and he's, he's risen so much already just got to stay healthy. So a uh, couple of trades for you. First one is Travis Etienne and a 24 first or DeAndre Swift and a 23 second. God, it's a fun start here, Kev. Um, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne and that 24 first, I think, which is shocking because obviously I think we were all super high on, on DeAndre Swift, but I just feel like with the the injuries over the last well last couple of years really with, with Swift, it's just starting to become a little bit a little bit frustrating now if you own him. I think while Travis Etienne's obviously got that that risk as well being being a running back. I think the, the 24 first, while it is a, a year removed, it is a first round pick. Um yeah, I'm just as I say, it's, it's dead close this one. So so well done to you, Kev. But I'm, I'm going I'm going Travis Etienne in the 24 first. Yeah, I think I just about agree as well. It is it's one that I looked at quite a few times, and um, Swift is it's frustrating for being a Swift owner because Jamal Williams has taken away so many touchdowns. He's got eight rushing on the season now, um, so that's frustrating. The injuries are frustrating. Um, so yeah, give me ETN, who's on an absolute tear, and then that that first next year. Interesting stuff, boys. Trade number two. We've got ETN or Kenny Walker. Um, this one I'm going to go for Kenneth Walker. I think what he's, he's done this year has been amazing. I've, I was hiring him when he came in this 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 year. So um, I think yeah, being on that offense, we, we know the Seahawks love to to run the ball as well. So um, yeah, give me give me Kenneth Walker. But again, it is another close one. Yeah, give me Kenny. I'm always going to go <laughs> for Kenny. So <laughs> I love Kenneth Walker coming out. Got him in. Got him in a few places. Traded him away for an absolute haul in a couple of spots. Um, but yeah, just give me Walker. But it, again, it is it is close where they are now in in dynasty value. Anyone called Kenny Alley? Um, <laughs> exactly. For it for it's worth, I'd have took ETN for the free down upside on, on that one. Um, and then trade free, we've got ETN or Damian Pierce and a twenty three second. I've been burnt once by these day three running backs. I ain't doing it again. So so give me Travis ETN, even though Damian Pierce has looked fantastic this year. Um, I just think, yeah, Travis Etienne, he's he's looked better. That's that's all it comes down to, really. And Ooh. while there's a twenty, while there's a twenty-three second there, it's not enough for me. I think Damian Pierce has been slightly overvalued. So, um, yeah, give me Travis Etienne, please. Yep, agrees a full house. I think Etienne with his free down work, where he is in the offense, where how good the offense is, is that right now and next season, the the Texans are a bit of a mess. 
Um, don't like to put too much stock into into that offense. Um, but yeah, certainly looking great. But I'll take I'll take ETN. It's not the twenty three seconds. Not not quite enough. Love it. So with that, we'll now move on to to another running back. We've had two running backs that have that have been showing up lately. But Ali, we're going to go to you and a running back that that might be struggling a little bit recently. Yeah, it's uh, Jonathan Taylor, who was the unanimous uh, running back one in in a tier of his own, really coming into the season. And um, we'll have a little new segment on the show. We'll have a quiz question. But what what does Jonathan Taylor have more of this season, boys? <laughs> I think you might know the answer, but we'll we'll go with it anyway. Is it Russian touchdowns or is it fumbles lost? Well, I've got a lot of Jonathan Taylor. I know he's only got one rushing touchdown this year. So the fact that I know that he fumbled the ball this week, I'm going to take a punt that it's fumbles. <laughs> You've not put Antoine show sheets, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it would be a difficult one. Yeah, you're right, Matt. It's two fumbles lost and then just one Russian touchdown. Um, looking at the stats, I'm absolutely appalled to see that he's averaging less points per game than the Bears back up. Like you, you should say, running back Khalil Herbert right now. Um, last year, he was absolutely fantastic, averaging 22 points per game. On the season this year, he's he's almost half that, eleven point nine. So, a lot of people, especially in redraft, absolutely moaning about him. The fact that they've taken him one hundred one um, over McCaffrey, um, yeah, that's that's quite hilarious. And last year he had ten games where he had a uh, hundred rushing yard games. Uh, this year he's got one, which was against Houston. Well, me or you could have a, a hundred yard game <laughs> against Houston, I reckon. So. So yeah, it is it really is pretty uncertain times for for Jonathan Taylor right now. If you if you owned him coming into the season, you got to think that you were a contender. Um, he's, he's not putting up the points right now. That indie offense is looking a bit of a mess. Obviously, with with the new quarterback coming in, Sam Erlinger is that his name? Um, at quarterback, um, Matt Ryan obviously benched for the rest of the season. Um, the obviously the upside you've got now is there's no Naheem Hines just been traded away, so. It's it's him and Dion Jackson by the looks of it going forward, um, but the, the quarterback is is more of a rushing quarterback. So he had thirty three rushing touchdowns in in college and nineteen hundred rushing yards for Texas. So completely different type of of quarterback to Matt Ryan, who's happy just to just to dump it off to to the running back. Um, so I think the, the the floor each week is lower for Jonathan Taylor just because we don't know how many points this Colts offense is going to put up, and it it really is struggling right now. Um, but the fact that you haven't got Naheem Hines means that it's, it's going to be pretty much all Jonathan Taylor. So he's going to give you some sort of floor. Um, but just in terms of his his dynasty value, I know it's pretty plummeting right now. He's, he was worth probably three first this time last year. I actually saw him go in a league where they've someone paid four first for him, which <laughs> might have been a bit crazy. But that, that that's where we were with Jonathan Taylor. Um, right now, with his value on the decline, um, is he worth two firsts? Is he worth less than two firsts? We'll we'll perhaps find out in a little while. But um, but yeah, he's certainly not in a in a tier of his own right now at, at the RB dynasty ranks. There's some people that have have people over him, or some people in the same tier as him. So has he been overtaken? Well, perhaps perhaps you'll find out on a on a ranking show coming soon. Ooh. Um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a tease, but but yeah, certainly. Um, Jonathan Taylor's struggling, and and if you own him, you, you're wondering what you got to do with him. Yeah, I feel a bit of a mug on this one because it, it was my running back one in the off season, and um, it was in a tier on his own, and it he was one of the weakest running back ones uh, overall from last season. Like he's he's at his points per game, his total points compared to other running back ones previously was was really low. So um, yeah, it, it's it's took us what eight weeks to correct it, but I think having a big tier one does make the most sense um and to sort of split your if you've got say like 10 rosters just rostering a couple of shares in each of these guys because we've seen how fragile the position is this year um i'm a little bit worried about taylor just because of the situation at qb what's happening there um it was going to be probably a, a new head coach i'd imagine the way he's been undermined by the owner this season saying that you, you must sit matt ryan and play this um scrub qb for the rest of the season it's uh, i mean it's not it's it's probably worse than carolina's situation at qb uh which is it's crazy um warning signs for taylor it would become a value at a certain point 
but yeah, I'm still seeing him pretty highly ranked in uh, most of the places I, I uh, do my research. Yeah, there's definitely some some alarm bells ringing right now. Like you mentioned, the the, the situation at quarterback. I mean, this offensive line. What what has happened to it? I mean, last last season looked amazing. This year can't protect the quarterback. Can't help Jonathan Taylor in the run game. It's just all falling apart, really. And as you mentioned, the the fact that they've changed now quarterback. I guess I've got to kind of lean on Jonathan Taylor a little bit to, to start games, but as soon as games start running away, it was what happens with Jonathan Taylor. Now maybe with Naeem Hines gone, maybe he does start seeing a little bit more usage in the receiving game. It's something that we, we've been crying out for, really, all of us that, that have Jonathan Taylor in fantasy. So I do think it is going to be interesting to see if he does start taking up a little bit of a larger role um, in, in the, the receiving game. But yeah, definitely some alarm bells ringing. Um, a little bit annoyed. I think it's the typical thing, isn't it? When a guy reaches... Um, the RB1 status, I mean, the only way to go really is down. So I feel like, yeah, we, we should maybe learn from his mistakes. And while it feels stupid, it, it felt stupid saying to, to trade away Jonathan Taylor um, last offseason. Maybe the, the signs were there, like I've mentioned, the fact that he wasn't really blown his way in terms of his fancy production. I think it's just because he was the clear running back one that we, we all got excited. So, um, yeah, maybe looking forward, that's something we should should look to do and capitalise when when these running backs hit that, that peak value of being the running back one. So, um, yeah, you mentioned now there's a, a big tier in, in terms of at the top of the, the running back ranking. So it'll be interesting to see where you value him in terms of these trades. And we'll kick things off with Jonathan Taylor or Brees Hall and a 23 third. Yeah, this is this is close. And I think me and Kev might even disagree on this one. Um, I, I'm going to take just Jonathan Taylor just because Brees Hall with, with that major injury, we're not sure how he's going to come back, where he's going to look the same guy. I mean, the, the chances are 90% he's going to be the same guy. Um, and this would look silly if you didn't take Brees right now. Um, but I'm just going to take Jonathan Taylor, the healthy back, the fact that there's no Naheem Hines there. I don't think this offense can get any worse than it is right now. So they hopefully will sort things out. The offensive line will hopefully start playing better heading into the, the back half of this season and into next season. So... I'll just take Jonathan Taylor. Um, had it been a 23 second, it would have made it really interesting because um, we we like the, the guys that could be there in the second. Um, but I'll lean Jonathan Taylor, but that is, yeah, seriously close because they could be almost in that, that same tier together. Yeah, I found this one really tricky because you've got JT who you can use now. You've got Brees who you can't really use. Um, well, you definitely can't use until next season. <laughs> what am I on about? Um so I'll, I'll lean Jonathan Taylor just because it gives you a bit more flexibility. But um, but yeah, I I pretty much summed it up. If it was a second, give me some breeze. All right, and Ali mentioned it a little bit earlier in terms of what you've worth in, in terms of, of mm-hmm. dynasty picks. So would you take Jonathan Taylor or a 23 first and a 24 first? Yeah, so I think a lot of this would depend on situation. I know it's a bit of a cop-out of an answer, but... You have to look at the you have to look at the picks to start off with and, and try you can now start to try and project whereabouts that first is going to be whether it's going to be first, front half or back half and if it's going to be a front half pick I'm probably in, really interested in the picks if it's if it's someone who who won the league last year who's dominating again this year um, I'll take Jonathan Taylor I think two first is probably his value right now um, but I think it all depends on the situation whether you're contending I think Jonathan Taylor can only get a bit better head into the second part of the season, or if you're rebuilding, I'll, I'll take the picks. Yeah, uh, you're going to get me to go against the picks again here. Um, taking <laughs> Jonathan Taylor just because I think... Um, I just think he's too low, to be honest, that that price, uh, where you've seen him come from to where he is now. His value can still go back up, I think. So, yeah, I'll leave, slightly lean Taylor and hope that his value does go back up a little bit. Right, let's see if I can get it to budge with the, the final one. It's Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler and a 23 second this time. <laughs> Again, it's gonna be it's gonna be situation, I think. Um if you're looking if you're looking like you're gonna be a contender this year, um I'm happy to trade away Jonathan Taylor, um, trade for Eckler, 27-year-old running back, and get that 23 second who could be you could take a half decent running back or or even use it to trade for running back. Um that's the situation where I am. I think value-wise, I think it's close, but I'd still I'd st- I'd take Jonathan Taylor value-wise. But if I was a, a contender, I think I'd be happy to to trade Jonathan Taylor away if I was going to get Eckler um, and get a second if I think I could compete and win win the championship this year. Eckler a second for me. Like um, 
Eckler's killing tail of his season points per game. He could probably do it again next season. So yeah, give me give me JT. Um, don't give me JT actually. Give me Eckler <laughs> in a second. I thought you might go for that one, Kev. I know you you love for Austin Eckler, so I'm glad to see that you uh, you went the way that I thought. So with that, Kev, we're gonna stick with you and go to to the next player you want to discuss. Yeah, you spoke about my love for Austin Eckler. I'm, I'm developing a bit of a man crush on this guy as well. Um, Philly's own AJ Brown, um, wide receiver one on the week, 39.6 fantasy points, three touchdowns against the Steelers, which puts him to wide receiver seven on the year, despite him already having his bye week. And it's it's become the best fantasy season of his career. Um, a couple of metrics that really stand out to me, a target share, an air yard share, where he's top five or six in each of those, which they're just really sexy metrics when you think about alpha wide receivers um thinking about sort of the situation uh, and um sort of elite qbs you've got Allen who got digs you've got Tua, maybe not elite uh who got tyreek hill and you've got hurts who's now with aj brown so we should see more of this i think these young qbs getting these weapons to really see what you've got in them um but as a philly fan i'm hoping he has a bit of a terrible wind effect you know with the the, the way he plays, the, the run after catch, the the stupid celebrations he's been doing, uh, but I just hope it's a bit of a, a bit of a happier ending for AJ Brown than it was for for Tio back in the day. Show me age there. Um, I really like the fact that Brown's tied down till twenty twenty seven. The the last question is when will we re-sign Hurts? How long will it be for getting him tied down as well? I did see the free at keep Drake up. Personally, I think that's bang on. I think that's really fair. Can he jump into tier one? I think out of the guys outside of tier one, a lot of people say CD Lamb, but he's yet to command the target share consistently that would give me the hope that he can be the main man all the time consistently. So, yeah, if anybody's going to do it, it's AJ Brown for me. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how we always get these connections in terms of quarterbacks and, and the friendships with the wide receivers and, and how they develop that chemistry. But, I mean, we should have known this. Hertz and AJ Brown being good friends for, for years. I know Hertz was super excited when AJ Brown was announced going to, to the Eagles. So we should have known really that that connection that they've had for years was so it's going to materialise on, on the field as well. So, yeah, it's been great seeing AJ Brown doing what he's done this year. I think he's a guy that we've all been fairly high on. Um, obviously struggle with injuries um, over the last couple of years seems to drop in and out of games with these tough injuries but it's great to see him healthy again um, Jalen Hurts throwing the ball a ton with, with the Eagles now has, has only been beneficial to to AJ Brown and like you said Kev the fact that he's wide receiver three now and keep trade cut I think that's that's spot on you mentioned can he jump into that tier one I think it's going to be tough getting into that tier with, with somebody like Justin Jefferson but um, I mean, if, if things carries on, if it signs a, a long-term deal and they can continue this this great chemistry that they've got together, then I don't see why he can't creep into, into that tier one. So, yeah, super excited by AJ Brown and I can't believe I'm excited by a, a, Phillies, a Phillies stack, but sign me up. <laughs> yeah, go Birds. Uh, wide receiver <laughs> three, I think, for me, I think that is his ceiling. I think the other two ahead of him are, are clear. I don't see him jumping in there, so... If, I think if it's an opportunity. If people value him like that, then it's an interesting. I, I'm happy to sell him at wide receiver three. I'm also happy if people see him closer to Jefferson and Chase to to use him to springboard up to one of those two guys. I think that's a good way of, of looking at it right now. Um, but we'll see your guys what your guys' value is on like AJ Brown uh, with these free trades. So would you go AJ Brown or Jalen Waddle? AJ Brown, please wide receiver three. Yeah, definitely. I think AJ Brown, he stands out. Waddle obviously got Tyreek Hill, whereas AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, I think it's great. But yeah, AJ Brown is that main guy. So so give me AJ Brown. All right. AJ Brown or 23 first and a 24 first? Go Birds. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet, Kev, love it. Again, I, I think I'm going to begrudgingly agree. I think what AJ Brown's doing is fantastic. So give me that known asset in, in AJ Brown, please. All right, final one is AJ Brown and a 23 first or Justin Jefferson? Yeah, it's closer is this one, but I'm taking that pick. Uh, you know, I like picks. So um, I, I do really <laughs> see the, the upside in, in AJ Brown making that leap eventually. It's, it's not me being a homer. I'm honestly not an homer all the time, I promise. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to agree with Kevin. I'm definitely not at home when it comes comes to the Eagles. But I just think, as I say, I still think Justin Jefferson is in that tier above. But I feel like AJ Brown's getting closer and closer. So the fact that you can get a 23 first on top. Um, yeah, I'd rather if I had Justin Jefferson pivot down, get an AJ Brown and get that 23 first. 
yeah, with that, we've uh, we've smashed through that one. So we're now going to move on to a guy. We've started with AJ, and we're now going to move on to to his fellow <laughs> acronym name. I don't know what, what would you call that. Too to, anyway, whatever it is, we're on to we're on to DJ Moore next. <laughs> and I mean, DJ Moore is it's taken off. I mean, what has what's been the cause of it? Is it the fact that McCaffrey got got moved away and, and opened up opportunities for DJ Moore? Was it PJ Walker coming along and, and developing some kind of chemistry with, with DJ Moore? I mean, we have PJ and Duncan. We've now got the new duo. We've got PJ and DJ, baby. So, uh, I mean, it, it's been great what DJ Moore's managed to do over the last couple of weeks. 23 and a half fantasy points per game over the last two weeks. And, and the big thing that stands out to me, the thing that we've been crying out, mentioning for, for years when it comes to DJ Moore ever since coming to the NFL, he's now got two touchdowns in the last two weeks, putting him on three for the year. I mean, the fact that he got 14 in the last four years, I mean, that's something we've got to get excited about, lads. I think the fact that he's got two touchdowns in two weeks, he's easily on course now for, for his best touchdown um, season of, of his career, and that's just off two touchdowns. So um, definitely something to be excited about. And then as well, just looking at this year, we've got the eighth easiest strength of schedule for, for wide receivers. So hopefully it can continue. Um, I think long-term, we, we, we have still got to be concerned about the quarterback situation. While PJ Walker's looked good this year, I don't think it's the long-term solution. Um, but the fact that they've moved Christian McCaffrey now, it seems to be signalling that the Panthers looking to, to rebuild and, and maybe put themselves in a position to, to get a, a quarterback by by not winning games, basically, in the two and six now. Mm-hmm. So I think they are in that position where they could potentially be getting one of these these top quarterbacks in, in the upcoming um, class. Um, but yeah, when it comes to DJ Moore, I think long-term, we know that there's talent there. The guys had three 1,000-yard seasons over the, the last three years. Um, I think now he's really got to step up. He's, he is now that guy on that Carolina offense. Um, for, for the last few years, it's been Christian McCaffrey carrying that offense. I think DJ Moore now has really got to step up and, and be that guy over at Carolina. So if they do get a quarterback, he's going to be that main guy um, moving forward. So, yeah, long term, I am excited by DJ Moore. Still clinging on to, to the hopes. It seems like a common thing, doesn't it, when it comes to, to Dynasty and DJ Moore. But I do think long term, we, we should still be excited by DJ Moore. Yeah, we tend to say this every 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 season. We're excited long term for DJ Moore to show his <laughs> show his potential. Um, but yeah, absolutely flourishing right now. And it's I think it's co- good to see that the the organisation came out early on to say we're definitely not trading DJ Moore. Who he's a key piece for our offense going forward. We're going to build around him and just just look what's happened. He's absolutely smashing it right now. So so yeah, great for DJ Moore owners. I think we know the talents there to be a. a a wide receiver one in dynasty so yeah fantastic for him yeah there's a lot of parallels between dj Moore and dynasty that you guys mentioned then about um building around wide receivers it seems to be the the right thing to do but also um about dynasty managers i always say next year's our year sort of thing i just <laughs> uh, n- never really take accountability it's always going to be next year when it when it hits so it feels a little bit like that with dj Moore, even though some of his metrics suggest that he is ready to explode when he gets in the right situation, which he's been really unlucky with, to be honest. Like like I've said before, if, if he was in Dallas, Benny would be in that tier one. There'd be no mm-hmm. no debates. But uh, sort of thinking about tier one now, it brings us nicely onto trade number one, um, where it's DJ Moore and a 23 first or Justin Jefferson and a 24 second. Um, definitely a tough one. As I say, I, I love DJ Moore, that 23 class is special. But I just think Justin Jefferson... He is the man at the moment. I think long term he is going to be the man on a an exciting Vikings offense that seems to be passing the ball even more this year. So um while it is tempting to, to go for that 23 first and DJ Moore, I think I'm gonna take Justin Jefferson because the fact I'm getting that 24 second as well, which which is a potential dart throw that could turn into something. So yeah, I'm gonna go Justin Jefferson, I think. Yep. Give me Justin Jefferson. Absolutely love Jefferson. If I could get him in every league, I, I would happy to pay to pay that to get Jefferson on my side. Cool. Next one's a layup, DJ Moore or Michael Pittman. Yeah, this one's DJ Moore for me. Um, two players that are in uncomfortable situations in terms of the, the quarterback play. So I'm just taking it purely on talent. And I think DJ Moore, I think he's, he's the man over, over Pittman. So give me DJ Moore. Yeah, agreed. I think it's DJ Moore just on on talent alone. I've always been a bit lower on Pittman, um, and I'll just go with the talent, and hopefully the situation gets better. Um, all just carries on how it is right now. Good, good. And last one, DJ Moore or Christian Kirk, and a twenty-four first. 
tugging on the heartstrings of this one, Kev, with uh, putting Kirk in there, but I am going to go with, with DJ Moore. I think um super excited by, by him as a talent, so I'm going to take a chance on him getting a quarterback finally. Yeah, give me DJ Moore, because Christian Kirk's going to be the wide receiver two on that team next year. Love it. And with that, that brings us to, to the end of the show. We reviewed, obviously, a week eight of, of the NFL season. So with that, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to, to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Um, subscribe to our YouTube by saying Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network. Plus, if you could leave us a five-star podcast review, we really appreciate it. It helps us grow to, to a wider audience. Um, join us every Tuesday for the podcast, every Wednesday for the stream of the show. Thank you once again. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game. 